the Lord has just been doing some things in my heart um, where I'm kind of rediscovering some things uh, with the Lord. And that's what I love about the Lord, and that's what I love about the Bible. Um, um, I did video, and I did video editing for years and years and years. And one of the things with video editing is that in the video timeline, and I know a lot of you have no idea what I'm talking about, in a video timeline, there is layers upon layers upon layers of video and clips and transitions and effects and different things that, that you make to build this picture of what you see on the screen when you watch a video, okay? And the layers can be, I remember when I first started doing video, the thing that tripped me out the most was that you could have up to like 100 layers. And then I remember when the new versions came out, you could do 200 layers and the new versions came out. And now it's like infinite layers that you can go upon, top, upon, 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 and just keeps growing. This is how our God is. He's unlimited. So you get this revelation or this picture of who God is, but then later on in life, God goes, I want to give you even a better picture of that. I want to show you even a better version of who I am. I want to give you more revelation of my word and who I am. So today, I'm praying that we all get this revelation and we all have this understanding about what I'm going to talk about. And today, I'm going to talk about who we are in Christ Jesus, because I feel like if we don't really have a great understanding of who God says I am, then it's really hard for me to follow him. It's really hard for me to understand his kingdom. It's really hard for me to play in his kingdom. It's really hard for me to advance in his kingdom. So look at somebody, tell them it's going to be a good day. Tell them it's going to be a good day, okay? And I promise you, I really, really do. I really promise you this. This is one of these days, okay? It's one of these days. If you get it and you really get it in your heart, it will change your whole perspective. Promise you, promise you, promise you. So let's pray, okay? Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you the Holy Spirit reveals all things unto us. So we ask Holy Spirit, to come and reveal the word of God to us, reveal truth, give us wisdom, give us understanding, give us clarity, clear direction about who we are in you, Christ Jesus. We love you, we love you, we love you, and everybody agrees, said? Amen. Amen. Whoever sneezed, God bless you, okay? It's all good. Who am I? It's a great question. I think a lot of me is truly... Uh, my grandpa, and can we put that picture up there uh, for everybody? Uh, that's my grandpa, probably back in, I don't know, maybe the 50s, the 60s, I don't know, back in the day. He's got some cool glasses on, that's all I know, he's, and I like his hair, and he's just a cool guy, and um, dang it. So that's my dad, basically. My mom and dad got split up. When I was really young, my dad took off. I've never talked to my dad before. My grandparents took me in, raised me. Uh, my grandpa was in his 70s uh, when he raised me. And my grandpa was just a great guy. He was one of those guys that, you know, um, I'm going to do my best. If he had a shirt that you loved, he was going to give it to you. 
He'd give you anything he had. Just love blessing people. He had a servant's heart. I'll never forget when he, uh, he got cancer. Our church needed new cabinets. While he was sick, he he made cabinets and sanded them and stained them while he was going to chemo treatment. He was tough, never quit, never gave up, never said no to me, never was too tired to spend time with me. He was faithful. My mom... Um, because of certain things in her life, she wasn't able to drive. And so my dad, my grandpa would just, I mean, it annoyed the crap out of him. <laughs> he would drive her around everywhere. I mean, my mom is the slowest person on planet Earth, I promise you, okay? And he would take her to the drugstore and the mall and everything. And if you would, please keep my mom um, in your prayers. My mom uh, is just, she's battling uh, cancer in her mouth right now. And uh, going through some stuff, so please pray for her. My grandpa, he was faithful. He was stubborn. He had a way that he was going to do everything. I mean, my room growing up, um, he built these uh, shelves that went on my wall, and uh, all my G.I. Joes had an exact place that each G.I. Joe went, and every single person, like Cobra Commander, had Cobra Commander's spot, and, you know, Duke had his spot, and every Saturday, I had to clean my room based upon his specifications. He was stubborn. He was passionate. He would go from zero to 100 really quick. I understand this. I mean, I'm, I'm at Target yesterday. I'm walking into Target, and there's this truck that's going about four miles per hour, and there's a stop sign. And he's not stopping, and I'm not stopping. I'm like, I'm walking, and I'm going to get into Target, and he's not stopping. So finally, I'm like, this dude's going to run me over going four miles per hour. You know what I mean? And so he, like, rolls by his windows down, and I'm like, really? And then he, like, speeds up, and then he yells something out the window. I'm like, well, then come on back here, bro. Let's do this right now. (laughs) It's 9 a.m. at Target, people. All these hipster, you know, people are like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen, you know? (laughs) Sorry. I'm not always politically correct. (laughs) He loved passionately. I'd sit in his lap every night, every Saturday morning was my time. We would go out and do errands, and he knew everybody in the world. I don't know how. Everybody. But every Saturday morning, we'd go get breakfast. We'd spend time together. Who am I? I am a reflection of Irv Stroberg. I really am. In some good ways, probably some bad ways also. But the reality is I'm supposed to reflect the one that I serve. So I have to figure out who is the one that I serve. And that one is Jesus. And and so I got to look to Jesus and I got to figure out who God says that I am because the reality is this, is that we are called to reflect 
not who we were raised with, but we're supposed to reflect who we serve, and that person is Jesus, and we're supposed to reflect him in everything we do in this life. We're supposed to bear his image. So today, we're going to talk about one topic, and I thought we were going to talk about a few topics today, but I just got stuck on one topic because it's so good, and God gave me so much, and it's just going to be amazing. So we're going to talk about this, that I am chosen. Okay, if you're taking notes, just write down, I am chosen. Go with me to the Bible. We're going to go, we're going to be all over the Bible today. So if you have your Bible, follow along. If you have your phone, follow along. If you don't, we'll have it on the screen uh, for you. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, it says this. This is a letter from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We're writing to the church of Thessalonia, to all who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May he give you grace and peace. We talked about that last week, grace and peace. Verse 2 We're always thanking God for all of you, and we pray for you consistently. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work and your loving deeds and your endless hope that you have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, and this is where we're really going today. It says, we know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you, and he has chosen you to be his own people. We could just stop right there. God loves you. God's crazy about you. He's excited about you. He has chosen you. But we're going to dive into this and understand it. Um, let me throw up that next picture. Um, look at me. Look, look at that, everybody. Come on now. That's the 100% 80s double picture, you know? My ears are way too big for my head. But come on, it's a good-looking kid. All right, now, next picture. Okay. Woo, somebody. Tommy, look, Tommy's making a comeback right now, if you don't know. Tommy Hilfiger's making a comeback, okay? Right? I told you I had the same shirt, okay? Listen, that's a senior picture. Uh, I was this tall. I think I weighed like 130 pounds. I promise you the wind could blow me over. I promise you, okay? Now, it's what? It is a three. Listen, there's about four shirts on because you layered back then, okay? And it is about a three X shirt because I thought I was hood, okay? I promise you, okay? I was hood, all right? Now, how many of you remember growing up, uh, picking teams, or trying to find the right seat at lunch. Anybody remember those days, picking teams and lunch, and the rest of you are all lying right now, okay? So the other day, I'm at uh, Michael's school, and I teach on Mondays, and we had a little bit of time, and, you know, we went to the gym, and sure enough, this moment happened. We're picking teams, okay? And, you know, Michael... He's always a captain. He's one of the best or whatever. But I'm watching, I'm watching this whole scenario happen, and I'm remembering this moment because I wasn't the captain, you know, growing up. I wasn't the kid that was picking the people growing up. I was a kid that is so scrawny and so weak, and I'm like, good God, somebody please pick me so I am not last. Anybody ever felt that way before? You're like, Lord Jesus, please pick me so I'm not last. 
And I'm watching this scenario, and there's this new kid at the school, and sure enough, he gets picked last because he's about a foot tall. I'm like, Jesus, we're going to pray for him to grow. He's in seventh grade, and he's so short, and, and he gets picked last. And I could just see on his face the disappointment. I could see that inner turmoil. And I'm like, man, I've been there before. I understand what that feels like. I remember in seventh grade, okay, seventh grade, I switched schools, and and uh, dude, the the lunchroom can be a brutal place. I mean, the lunchroom can just be an awful, awful place. And you know, I don't really know anybody, and so I kind of just sit by myself for a couple weeks, and I don't know anybody, and I'm trying to like pick up because this school was different than the school that I came from, and everybody dressed differently, and. I remember I was like, if I can just get this outfit, I don't even remember what outfit it was, but I remember just thinking, if I could just get this outfit, I'm going to go sit at the table with all the basketball guys. I'm going to go and just, you know, like nobody's asked me, I'm just going to go do it. I'm just going to get the right outfit, then I'm going to go sit with them. And I remember I got the right outfit, my grandma, like I begged her for weeks I think it was like a cross colors. Remember, anybody remember cross colors like back in the day, okay? If you don't, just Google it. It'll change your life, all right? And I got this outfit, and I got my lunch, and I remember I'm so nervous. My hands are sweating. I'm walking over to this table. And I get there, and the table's kind of full. And one of the guys turns around, and he goes, what are you doing? And I was like, you know those moments where you just freeze? You're like, do I even know who I am? Do I know why I'm here? You know, I'm like, yeah, what am I doing, you know? And I'm standing there with my tray. And I was like, uh, I'm going to eat lunch with you guys? And he goes, that's funny. And then he turns around and socks me right in the stomach. And I drop like, everything and like everybody in the lunchroom is just like you know it's like one of those moments like I mean this is like a movie moment you know and I'm just like mortified see I know what it's like not to be chosen and I know what that feeling feels like but the Bible says this that God himself has chosen me that God himself has chosen you, that he loves you, and he chose you, and you weren't the last picked, and you were invited to the table, and you were invited into his kingdom because he has chosen you to be his. It's a big deal. Why does this matter? Because we've got to have a correct understanding of why this matters. Go with me to Revelations. We're going to go to chapter 19, and this in chapter 19 is Jesus coming back as our great king. In verse 1, I'm going to go through 16 verses, but just bear with me. It says this, that praise the Lord. Salvation and glory belongs to our God. Verse 2, his judgments are true and they're just. He punishes the great prostitute. He's talking about the devil right here. He punishes the great prostitute who has corrupted the earth with her immorality. He avenges the murder of his servants. Praise the Lord. Smoke from the city ascends forever and ever. Verse 4, the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshiped God. Sitting on the throne, they cried out, amen, praise God, verse 5, the, a 
a voice came from the throne and says this, praise God, all of his servants, all who fear him, from the least to the greatest. And then I heard a sound like this, a shout, a vast crowd roaring like a mighty ocean's wave, crashing loud with thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord God is almighty and he reigns. Verse 7, let us be glad, let us rejoice, let us give him honor, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, Jesus the Lamb, and his bride, that he has prepared the church, that is us, his bride. Verse 8, she has given us the fine, he has given us the finest white linens to wear. Fine linens represent the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast. And he added, then I fell down to worship him. But he said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God. Just like you, brothers and sisters, who testify of their faith in Jesus, worship only God. For the essence of the prophecy is to give clear witness for Jesus. Verse 11, then I saw heaven open. And a white horse was standing there. And its rider's name was faithful and true. And he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. And his eyes were like flames of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And a name was written on him that no one could understand except for himself. His robe was dipped in blood. And his title was the word of God. And the armies of heaven, dressed in the finest pure white linens, followed him on a white horse. From his mouth came a sharp sword down upon the nations. He will rule with them as an iron rod. He will release fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, just like juice flowing from a wine press. In verse 16, on his robe and on his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. This is Jesus, our King, our Lord. Why is this so important? Because you have to understand you haven't been chosen by a mere man, by a mere person. You've been chosen by Jesus, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the one who is and is to come, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, the one that will live on and on and on, the one who has created us. He has chosen you. Jesus, the King, has chosen you. Psalms 118 verse 6 says, The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Verse 8 said, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. You've been chosen by the King of Kings. You've been chosen by the one who gave his life sacrificially for you. This is why it matters. 
Now, I know verse 15 gets a little crazy. Jesus comes and a sword comes out of his mouth and he's killing the nations and he's ruling the nations. And we got to understand what this is really talking about. You got to understand we are in the season of grace. An opportunity that Jesus gives us to trust him. An opportunity Jesus gives us to put our faith and our hope in him before he comes back and goes, no, I am going to rule the nations. Jesus is just, he's true, and he's righteous. But he gives us this beautiful season, the age of grace, the age of the church, where we get to make choices to serve him, to follow him. But Jesus, the king, he has chosen me. I saw a movie a couple weeks ago. I saw the new movie, Black Panther. Such a great movie. Love the movie. And you're like, why are you talking about that? Well, the movie reminded me a lot of the kingdom of God. See, there's this kingdom in the movie called the kingdom of Wakanda. And in this kingdom, they have the best technology, metals, food, ecology, landscape, and the thing that really tripped me out was that everybody in the kingdom, from the greatest to the least, were all blessed in this movie. Every single person partaked from what the kingdom possessed. So whatever the kingdom possessed was blessing to everybody in the kingdom. They also had a king, and the king's name was the Black Panther, and he served the people with grace and with true love. And it made me remember the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God, there is a kingdom that's not a movie kingdom. And there's this kingdom called the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there is no lack in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there's the best of everything. There is no pain, there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no sorrow. There is none of this in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, there is complete wholeness for your soul, complete wholeness for your body, complete wholeness in everything that you touch in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is secure. And the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. So whatever is in the kingdom of God is for you. Whatever, whatever, what do you need from God? He holds it. It's in his kingdom. But he needs us to understand who we are in his kingdom. He needs to understand that we are chosen by him to be a part of his kingdom. And there is a king in this kingdom, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus came, just like that king in the movie, he came to serve. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. So as Jesus serves us, we serve him back in this kingdom. And Jesus gives true grace and true love, and the love is true because it's sacrificial love. It's not mere feelings. It's not mere emotions. It's not mere moments. It's sacrificially. Jesus said, I love you so much that I'll lay down my own life so that you can taste the goodness of God, so that you can be brought into my great kingdom. So when Jesus chooses you, you are brought into a position of value and worth. Does that make sense? When Jesus chooses you, he now gives you value. He now gives you worth 
in his kingdom. We see this in the, in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. We go to the story of Joseph. We looked at Joseph a couple weeks ago. What happens to Joseph? Joseph's in the prison. The king has a dream. He interprets the dream. And then the king does something incredible. The king says, put my signet ring upon Joseph. What's happening? He's taking him from the least to the greatest in a heartbeat. From the, from the prison to the palace. So when Jesus chooses you and he chooses me, he takes us from the least and he brings us to the greatest. He gives us value. He gives us worth. So the reality is this. I might not be an MVP in this world. I might not be LeBron James winning MVPs and championships. I might not be chosen to be most likely to succeed. Remember your yearbook, the most likely to succeed, you know? <laughs> really. I might not be chosen prom king or queen. I might not be chosen for that job. I might not be chosen most popular. I might not look like much to this world, but Jesus, King Jesus, he chooses me. And when he chooses me, I have value and I have worth and I'm a part of his kingdom. So I might not be chosen by this world, but guess what? There's a world to come, an eternity to come that will go on forever and ever and ever. And in that kingdom, in that world, I am somebody and you're somebody in that world. I'm chosen by Jesus and he gives me value and he gives me worth. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, So there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Jesus takes guilt and shame and replaces it with love and peace. Because he gives you worth and he gives you value. Listen, nobody loves something that isn't worth loving. Think about anything that you give love to in this world. You give it love because it's worthy of your love, your time, your affection. So when Jesus gives you love, it's because he's telling you, you are worthy. See, when we're in worship and you feel the presence of God and you feel his grace and you feel his love, it's him saying, son, daughter, I want you to know you are worthy in my kingdom. You are highly valued in my kingdom, and I love you, and I want you to feel my love. I want you to experience my love. Romans chapter 5, verse 2, it says, Because of our faith in Christ, he has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we are confident and joyfully looking forward to share in God's glory. God gives me undeserved privilege. He makes me worthy. This is exactly what happens to the woman at the well. She is an unworthy woman. She is a prostitute. She is sleeping around. She is the least of the least. And Jesus comes in in a heartbeat, in a moment. He says, you're worthy in my kingdom. I don't care what this city says. I don't care what these men think. I don't care what these disciples think about you. I want you to know you're my daughter and I love you and I created you and I know you and you are worthy in my kingdom. 
You're worthy to me. It's the moment when Zacchaeus came to Jesus, a criminal, a thug, a gangster. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. I want to eat your table. I want to eat your food. And at that moment, Zacchaeus felt worth and he felt value and he turned his life around. See, that's what Jesus does. A king can only make you worthy. A king can only give you value. And he chooses you. He chooses you to be his sons, to be his daughters. Because of that, I have confidence. Hebrews chapter four, verse 14 says this. So then, since we have such a great high priest, Jesus, our great high priest, has chosen, has chosen great high priest who has entered into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, Let's hold on firmly to what we believe. Verse 15. This high priest of our, uh, this, sorry, I'm so off right now. This high priest of our understanding understands our weaknesses. He has faced all the things that we have been tested with, yet he did not sin. Verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace, and there we'll receive mercy, and we'll find grace to help us when we need it, the most. I come boldly because Jesus chose me before I was ever even born. Long before you were ever born, Jesus said, you're worthy. Jesus chose you. He said, you're my sons. You're my daughters. I love you. And because I love you, I've made a decision long before you were ever born, long before you could ever choose me, long before you could ever love me, long before you could ever worship me, long before you could ever even comprehend or understand that Jesus is for you, long before that, he said, I'm going to choose you first. I'm going to love you first. And when I know that I'm chosen, I know that I'm a son something special about being a son. When you're a son and you're a daughter, there's complete peace in your heart. I never worried for a second, not for a moment, not for a millisecond, did I ever wonder what my grandparents thought about me. Not for one moment. I remember I was a kid, worship team, you guys can come on up. I remember I was a kid and and um, I would have a ball and I would throw it up and I would hit it. I mean, a lot of us have done that in life. And I remember my grandma, she came out to the car outside and said, hey, you're really close to the car. My grandpa always drove station wagons. Anybody remember station wagons? The guy like, station wagons were his pride and joy. He loved some station wagon. And he had this awesome station wagon. And, and she said, you're really close to the car. And you're, you're going to hit the car, Jeffrey. She would always say, Jeffrey. <laughs> Don't call me Jeffrey. <laughs> that was for her. You know, I'm like eight, and eight-year-olds is just like, yeah, cool, whatever, hitting the ball. So I'll never forget, I threw the ball up, 
And I swung so hard and I hit the ball so hard. And I remember watching it fly. And I came around just like Ken Griffey Jr. You know what I mean? Remember Ken Griffey? He just like, he would come around with that pose. And I came around just like Ken Griffey. And I hit the back windshield. And I was like, and I looked at the windshield and it was fine. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. So I like run out. I get my ball. I run back and I'm like, ah! you know, just like, it's just shattered. The back window is just shattered. And uh, I remember I went inside and I told my grandma, and I'll never forget this. She said, go to your room and lock the door and don't come out. And I was just like, okay, okay. So I went to my room. My grandma told my grandpa. I remember a few hours later, he came into my room. He sat down with me. He said, am I upset about the window? Yes. But I want you to know something. I love you. And I don't care that you broke the window. Because I love you with all of my heart. See, when you're a son... I can come boldly to the throne. I think so many of us, and I've done this in my life too, like we go to spend time with Jesus and like the first 15, 20 minutes is just like us confessing all of our sin, you know? It's just like, I gotta tell God everything that I've done wrong and hopefully by the time I'm done telling him everything that I've done wrong, then he'll be pleased with me, then he'll accept me, then he'll be okay, then he'll listen to me, then I'll be able to worship him. You know what he says? He goes, you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. You don't get it. I paid for your sin on the cross and by my blood I made a way that you could come boldly to my throne whenever you want at any moment at any time and just say dad I'm here I'm here the true is me I'm here dad and he goes guess what you're chosen every time you come to worship he goes you're chosen you're worthy you have value you're my son, you're my daughter, I'm pleased with you, I love you, I'm for you, I'm not against you, I'm with you, I'm working out all things for your benefit, your blessing, I have your back. Just worship me, just worship me, just worship me. I'll take care of everything else, you just worship me, just say fix on me, and know in your heart of hearts you are a chosen son of God. You are a chosen daughter of the Most High. You're a prince, you're a princess. I lift you up, I raise you up. I seat you at the right hand of the Father with me. You can ask me for anything. I am your dad, I know you. Because you're chosen, you're chosen, you're chosen. And when you understand you're chosen, a confidence comes in you. Not a pride, not an ego, but a confidence comes. Because you know, when I go to my dad, he's got my back. My dad's got my back. He's got my back. I can trust him. He never fails. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He's always got me. So I can be confident in him.
I might not be confident in this world. I might not be confident in what people say. I might not be confident in what my job looks like. I might not be confident in my bank account. I might not be confident in all these things, but I can be confident in who I am in Christ Jesus. And you can be confident in who you are in Christ Jesus. He sacrificed for you. That's what real love is. That's what real serving is when he sacrifices for you. Stand up with me this morning.